Hey everyone, welcome to the uh, final season edition of Classically Untrained, episode five. I'm here with my friend Joe Aguilar, fellow percussionist, fellow graduate percussionist uh, studying at UT Austin here in Texas. Joe, first off, what are your pronouns? Um, I identify he, him. Great. So cool. So yeah, Joe, you've had a pretty pretty wild time as a student i know this from our many talks and we weren't in school together but we definitely overlap just by mutual friends i mean this field is so small it's like you're you were you were we're the same year so he was coming in as i was leaving so we like hung out a few times some fun times with dan and dana so it's pretty cool shout out to them yeah so uh how's it going how's finals life well um so yesterday I just turned in uh, my research paper that I had for my 20th century music class. Um, that was great to turn in, get it done. So right now I just have like one more final. So that will happen either sometime this weekend, Friday through Sunday is when it's open. So I'm just going to be kind of studying for that and then getting back into practicing again because I've kind of taken a short break because I didn't have a jury. But I was getting ready for my recital, which happens next semester. Other than that, I'm just kind of been doing this paper and now it's kind of over. So awesome. Yeah, I get you on the breaks from practicing. I know after my jury's up in like two hours, I'm definitely going to take a break from playing for a few days because I've been hitting it hard. And then I also have a paper to write later this week. Yeah. So, Joe, where are you from and what was it like? growing up and being a musician? Originally, I'm from Laredo, Texas. And I've lived there my whole life up until this point, until grad school, because, you know, I went to undergrad. That was the school that was also in Laredo, Texas A&M International University. I'm a Longhorn now, though. (laughs) We're not in the the A&M system anymore. But, you know, I did live in Laredo for a majority of my life for 23 years. So this has really been, at least in the past year, because I'm now in my second year, my master's, it's been a really eye-opening experience. But um, I joined band, I started music when uh, I was a sixth grader and I was a percussionist. You know, funny story, initially I didn't choose percussion as my like primary instrument of choice. Because the, you know, the middle school directors, they come to the, the elementary, And, you know, all my friends are like signing up for band and I'm like, I should do something. So, you know, I was talking to some of the band directors and initially clarinet was like my first choice. It was clarinet and then I think it was flute and then it was percussion. And I think I remember the band director, one of the band directors telling me like, oh, like, are you sure you want to do like woodwinds? There's not like a lot of boys in woodwinds. And I was just like, "I I don't know, like, I just want to play something. So I was just like, sure, I'll, I'll do percussion. That sounds like fun. You know, I did all that through middle school. I eventually became like the mallet person, the keyboard person. I like kind of stuck to that. I rarely played snare drum and all that. So I was kind of the mallet person. You know, crazy enough, you know, we didn't really have, I guess, individual attention in middle and high school. And we had all region band auditions. I I always felt like I didn't have enough help to where I could be successful in those auditions compared to the other schools in the area. You know, I did a lot of like rote learning. I like Mm -hmm. didn't really understand fully how to read rhythms and notes. 
I didn't know where middle C was on the staff until I took a piano class in college. That's like 100% real. You know, if I could back up for a second, I mean, the whole the whole thing with a director telling you, are you sure you want to play woodwinds? That's not a very manly instrument, essentially is what he said. And, uh, you know, I kind of grew up with that too. My thing was, I was going to play saxophone, actually. And my directors okay. are just like, we have openings now for percussion. In retrospect, I'm like, openings now? Like, what happened? <laughs> Did somebody say they didn't want to do it? Like, so they came in and they were like, yeah, you know, they tested me and I had already been playing drum set. So that's just not something you should tell, especially a kid. Don't right. unload your insecurities about gender and gendering an instrument onto a student. It's really unhealthy. Yeah, it's, it is real, this idea that everybody's going to be on the same page when they get into undergrad or when they get into grad school even. There's always going to be gaps in people's knowledge, you know, because knowledge is not everywhere. Some people have way more access to resources. Uh, some people never take a theory, cl- a music theory class, and then they get into college and bam, music theory all over the place. Yeah, it's like a real shocker. (laughs) Um, I remember when I first started my theory courses in college, it was like all new stuff to me. And I wish I had like learned it all before. So even just like basic things. Exactly. There's a lot that we didn't, me and you, we didn't have like great orchestras to go watch on Friday, Saturday night. We couldn't go see the Chicago Symphony. We couldn't see the LA Phil just because of where we were born. It sucks. Where in Laredo did you go to high school? So I went to Martin High School. Um, it's It was like the first high school in Laredo. It was like the oldest one. And actually going into my freshman year, I like contemplated like not continuing music. Yeah, because... I, I was kind of weighing in my options in the sense that like, you know, there's like a lot of stuff to do, you know, not just music, but I had done music for three years before that and nothing else is like really poking out to me. I should really just kind of continue. And, you know, I, I was a part of the health magnet program in my freshman year and that was kind of intense. So after that, I kind of exited the program and decided to do music solely. You know, I stayed through my freshman year and I really enjoyed uh, marching band specifically. And that kind of kept me going in percussion. And I made region like once in high school. It was like my junior year. I would just watch YouTube videos. I would literally have the like the YouTube video like here, have the music on the side, have the pad in front of me. And I would just like try to figure it out, like just copy. Like I just like wrote learn like like. Like, I didn't know how to, like, fully learn the music that was in front of me. I feel similar with that. I never made region in high school. Not even close, man. I I was one of those people that would go up to the, to the marimba and play four notes and then sit down. You know, there's something to be said about the fact that you could watch a video and figure it out. Like, just say, okay, I'm going to just watch this. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to listen to this and use my ears and use my instinct and just figure this out. I think we've heard some teachers at some point say, oh, make sure you teach the students by note, not by rote. And for a while, I kind of agreed with that. But I think both are important because the school system doesn't teach you to value this ear training that much. Why do you think so many people have like struggle with basic ear training 
is because we don't emphasize it. We don't emphasize it in our secondary education where we tell the kids, okay, I'm going to play you something, play it back for me. I never had a band director do that to me. It's just because this instinctual learning, I guess you could call it, is not as valued as somebody telling you this is how you're supposed to do it. I've, I just finished taking a teaching and learning and music course with Dr. Duke. And, you know, we will like review our lesson videos in class and talk about it. And I've always kind of been a part of that whole like notes over like rote thing. But I feel like, you know, I think if you use it intuitively, like if you're smart with it, it can really like speed up the learning process, having a good model. I feel like that just speeds it up faster and you don't have, and you get more done in the lesson rather than doing these long explanations, mm -hmm. you know, and you kind of waste time instead of having the student get the info and then just practice the info. Yes, just figure it out using their own skill, trusting them and letting the learning process happen. People will make mistakes, right? But that's like all part of the learning process, like mistake making, error correction. It's like, yes. oh, this is not how you do it. That's not how you do it. Oh, it's something like this. That just really speeds up the process. Because we've all had those teachers or seen those teachers that they're explaining 90% of the lesson. Oh. And it's like, no, you got to get them playing. They have to figure it out. They, they will figure it out. Trust them. Trust the process that you've given them. Yeah. Back to high school, it was rough not having a teacher. What was that like since you had to figure all this stuff out on your own? I guess my percussion director was also the high school band, like head director. So there's like a lot of responsibility with that and, you know, paperwork and organizing and planning and for the whole band program. Right. I kind of understand where like, you know, maybe there's some kind of disconnect of like setting time for the percussionist, but often not my whole time in school, percussionists were just in the back. And they were just kind of there and the directors are really focusing on the wins and stuff. So I feel like, you know, we kind of did a lot of stuff on our own, on our own time. I remember, I think my junior year, we did like a percussion ensemble and it was like me and three other people. And like, we just like got the music. We heard it on YouTube or something. We're like, we want to play this. And we got the music, scheduled our own rehearsals and learned it on our own. And we went to sold an ensemble and we got like our one and it was like super cool. And that was like all student-led, like that was just all on our own. But, you know, I never had a private lesson teacher until college. I just wish I had a dedicated one-on-one -on -one teacher since the beginning. You know, I talked to some of my friends and they're like, oh yeah, I had a teacher that was basically like my second father or my second family. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> you know, and I'm sure you feel the same way where it's just, there's a lot of frustration in that feeling. If only I had this teacher, like somebody to just guide me. And yeah, I totally get that. And like, you know, I made region like once it was my junior and didn't, didn't really do well my the, the other years but like that was like as far as i could go on my own you know i never like went to area or made all state or any of that but like i i always feel like i could have like done way better if i had like a teacher the people that don't have teachers wish they did it really influences how i approach my teaching now now that i'm going to be the teacher in front of all the students right like it really makes me more aware of like, I like give time to all my students and not leave any of them behind. I would never want to leave them behind. So I just, 
it really, it really uh, makes me appreciate like the teachers that I do have now, you know, Dr. Burrett, Professor Edwards, I really appreciate having them because I never really had that before. Talking about, about Doc, about Dr. Burrett, he's really good about planting the seeds of ideas in your head that you may think like, what, what did you just say? And then like three years later, you're in a practice room and you're just like, oh, okay. Because that has happened to me ever since I left UT. Like I pretend sometimes when I'm playing marimba that he's in the corner telling me, oh, why are you doing it like that? Or like, try this. And it's just like, he has a lot of really good ideas. And so I appreciate that. And one thing that I appreciate, and I think this goes with this, is that he lets his students make the mistakes and figure it out like he's he's there to offer guidance and to kind of coach you but at the end of the day he knows that we're our own beings and that we're our own musicians and we're trying to you know carve a place out for ourselves in this musical landscape and so he just kind of lets us do those things and I think that's really good like in retrospect I'm I'm glad that he's the type of teacher that he is because I know it's helped me a lot and I'm sure you've gotten a lot of good ideas from him. And what I'm curious is, did you ever have, before coming to UT, did you ever have the opportunity to have a teacher that did care and was invested in you? So when I got to undergrad, I had three lesson teachers. So I did five years of music education in my undergrad and I had three lesson teachers throughout my time there. My first year my lesson teacher, she was great. She was fantastic. And I really feel like she really pushed me. And like in a really good way, in a, in a like, like the, these are the things we're working on. These are the things like we need to get better at. Just really harping on like fundamental stuff that I wasn't really good at. And I wasn't used to having a teacher or used to having someone like that, just really kind of like holding me accountable and have really having high expectations of that level, like I felt really like I need to practice. I need to like grind and stuff. Moving forward from that, I really uh, got into like marching stuff and I started doing drum corps and all that. I feel like a lot of my lessons after that, my second year were more on my own and like whatever music I wanted to learn, I learned it or I feel like I didn't really have like a full-fledged plan of what like my lessons would look like. So it wasn't like my first year where I had that teacher like kind of really pushing me and like doing all that. So it felt a little weird and I was kind of like, I don't know how to approach that or, you know, it was just kind of weird to me. But during that time, I was like, I started doing drum corps. That's sort of like my life changed like completely because I, I had always been a part of like a program that maybe didn't do so well. I think that program's doing really well now, but I never really truly experienced like excellence, like true excellence. And that whole experience doing drum corps really showed me like, oh, like just trying to do everything as best as you can, as perfect as possible. And like maintaining a long line of excellence. You know, I was a part of two different drum corps in my three years. I did three summers of that and I did a year of indoor out of a out of a Houston-based group called Monarch Independent. And that experience wholeheartedly like is probably one of the like pinnacle moments of like my education so far. 
Because when I got there, oh my goodness. The main front ensemble coordinator there, Andy Filipiak, he is one of the best teachers that I've like ever had in my whole life. Like, I feel like it really went beyond like music. His whole thing is he likes to use music as a vehicle to teach, to create better human beings. I remember sitting in like the cafeteria of like the school we're at. And I remember him saying that. And as soon as those words like left his breath, like I was just like, wow, like that's, that like connected with me like so deeply. And has like really become one of my teaching philosophies now, you know, it's, and he really showed me like, we're a part of this group. Everyone contributes. Everyone has to contribute their very best. And if you're not contributing your very best, you're kind of letting down your teammates there. We're a team. We got to do it together and we have to be prepared and just do everything that we do with this group, just the best to our ability. And that really like kind of sat with me moving along in my musical career up until that point. And it's really influenced my teaching now. I teach a lot of front ensemble. I've taught front ensemble for like five years now. And that was really a turning point. And I wouldn't know, I don't think I would maybe be here in Austin in grad school if I didn't go through that experience. It's really good that somebody told you that along the way, because I feel like a lot of people they don't ever say that I'm trying to make better people because a lot of the time they're not trying to make better people. They're, they're trying to win. Right. You know, winning is great and all, but like, if it's like, just like the worst experience of your life up until that point, you know, yeah, we won and we did great and all that, but like we, it's kind of sucks to not like enjoy it or enjoy like the process of like, you know, we started in a certain place and we improved and we got better and we're, we're better people for it. And, and we won as well. I think it's important to have that balance. We're all musicians. We're not like 100% perfect, but we do things well. And I think it's important to celebrate, you know, even the small victories because progress is progress. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't have positive experiences with drum corps. I think that's fair to say, but it sounds like your experience was overall positive. Yeah. And, you know, there, there, there's definitely, there's definitely some rough patches and all that, you know, not everything was like fantastic from beginning to end, but I always think it's like an experience that someone, everyone should experience at least once in some shape or form. It's just so different than what, you know, what a lot of people normally do in their day-to-day lives. It's just, you know, you pack up three months, you leave home, you go on this tour, you go around the whole country and you like play music. But, you know, after that, you know, I was a part of Genesis Drum and Bugle Corps, 1516, Boston in 2017. And when I was done with that, um, you know, I came back, came back home. And I found out I had a new private lesson teacher and I had Dr. Mark Bozeman um, and he was my lesson teacher when I came back from Boston in 17. And I think at that point, he really like shaped me more into the musician that I am today because he really focuses on like how we like sound in the sense that like his favorite word is direction. And I like love that so much. And he's, he's always about like, what is the music communicating here? Or like, what, what, what is the function of this? Or like, how should we make this sound? And like, what character or like, what style? Like, he's just like such a musician. 
And like my lessons with him were just great. They're just so amazing. He was really the person that got me into thinking about going to grad school because up until that point, you know, I just wanted to be high school percussion director. I had done drum corps already. I was like, you know, I, I can just graduate and just like do the gig and like start. But he really like showed me another level of music that I wasn't really exposed to. A much higher like level of, of music. So in his background, he, he had a lot of good teaching. And I was like, yeah, like I, I would love to continue my education and like learn more. Because I feel like I didn't have a lot of that before. Yeah, he was a big influence on you. you. We've talked about this before. And, you know, for any percussionist that's out there that hasn't seen videos of Dr. Bozeman playing, it's incredible. I remember the first time I saw, I think it was his West Side Story Suite, <laughs> the John Siri piece. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. I was just like, I and no, it was his Bach Chacon. That's what it was. I was dumbfounded. Yeah. I was just simply like this. There's no way somebody can play this fluid with this warm, open sound. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, he looks like a pianist when he's playing, which is something really difficult for percussionists to do. Because to be quite frank, we're not necessarily taught in the most musical way possible. From our younger years, we're not taught about articulations and sound color on something like the snare drums because we have these directors who are like, just hit the damn thing. I don't know. We are musicians too. We can articulate, we can play dynamics and we can play with direction. We can play with nuance. And I think he was definitely one of the first people I saw playing that really, really just embodies that to its core. So what was it like working with? You know, the first thing we worked on, I think, was Variations on Lost Love. And like that piece, I didn't really like know much about it. But he was like, you should learn this. It's going to be great. But I didn't really see the music for what it actually is and what it actually was. And he really like just showed me what... It, I always relate this to like, I feel like I would always look at it in black and white because, you know, that's how the sheet music is. But there's like, it's really like this painting. It's really like full of color and like there's meaning behind it. And there's like, me and that meaning should be like, like reflective in how we play something in terms of like, if, you know, if, if we're trying to evoke a certain emotion here or a certain like kind of atmosphere just like these higher like level things in music and he harped a lot on like form how, how does this relate to to where we are in the piece and how does that relate to the other parts of the piece and how is that going to shape your musical decisions you know i feel like drum corps and all that taught me really how to like execute and really play like clean really really consistent and all that but i feel like getting that and then having bozeman and having his influence in lessons, you know, he, I feel like he really showed me how to be a, like a musician. That's something I think that's like really beneficial because it sucks that it takes so long for, I think a lot of percussionists, especially like, even if you did have a teacher in high school to really figure out how to musically play this collection of instruments, how to be musical on a tambourine, how do we be musical on a, uh, a triangle. And so I think it's so important that you had a teacher like that at that time, like even though it, it did take a while for you to get that teacher, I think by the time you had him, you had already been primed for thinking about it and to accept what he was saying. Another thing I wanted to mention was like, 
I will always feel fortunate to have experienced what I have and where I am in this point. You know, I would always think in undergrad, especially, I was like, I wish I had Bozeman when I was a freshman. I wish I had someone like like Bozeman as my private lesson teacher and it's in element in like middle school and high school. And, you know, you can't like change anything, but like, I just wish I had that. I agree. I didn't have a um, private teacher really until I was 17. So a year before I, I went to college. So I understand that feeling of really just wanting so badly for somebody to help you. You can't go through this field alone. You can't. You have to have somebody who's willing and invested in you. And let's face it, it's really hard to be motivated and to, like as a young student, if you feel like nobody's got your back. Like if you feel like nobody's going to help elevate you because you can't really elevate yourself. So it's, it's unfortunate, but I mean, now you're at UT, it's your last year. So what's it been like going to Austin from Laredo? You know, I, I did undergrad in Laredo and I basically lived at home the whole time. So I, I've done a lot of like learning how to be an adult for the first time. And that's been, has been pretty fun. Being here at UT, sometimes I like reflect and I'm like, wow, this program is just so amazing. And like all the people are just like amazing and so just so happy and you know everyone's just really happy with what they're doing and the professors here are just like incredible and just like are do really great jobs at what they do and it's just like a great positive environment that like I feel like is has been very like welcoming you know the studio you're in the studio the studio is amazing oh, i i love all those people they're 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 great people and they're great musicians i and, miss playing with them you know i miss i miss that i haven't had very much percussion ensemble experience since leaving ut since i've been more focused on the orchestral route in my programs uh, and then of course covid so that's kind of put a nail in everything but i do miss that it was really special I think the studio like really got close and like we really hang out like outside of rehearsals and all that and just like really like it's a pretty great thing to be a part of and have to have that environment and not, no one like really has like egos or anything you know we all just kind of we all really want to help help out each other and just like get get better and all that. I've loved my time here. I teach lessons in this area. Um, I've taught marching band in this area and it's just been, I always say like, it's like the best decision I've ever made of coming to grad school. It's just, it's just fantastic. It was, it's just awesome. What, what's next then? Like, what do you, what do you feel like the product of your education is going to be? Or what do you want it to be? I think I've kind of stayed with the same idea throughout my undergrad and graduate work that I, I, I want to be like a percussion specialist uh, at a high school somewhere, somewhere in Texas. I, ha I have no idea where I'll be teaching next year. That's kind of what I've planned for myself is kind of being a, a percussion director at a high school. And would you, would you want to maybe go back uh, to Laredo ever? I, th I think that's a question I get a lot. I think, I think I would. I would definitely like not have it out of the question, but something that does like fuel me to go back is that just like how I was in middle and high school, I'm sure there's a lot of kids like that there, 
that kind of just it, it, it i guess it just connects to, connects with me on that level of like i was one of those kids a lot of those kids are like that especially from what i've experienced because i've worked with all the high schools in laredo there's a lot of kids out there that just want to like learn they just they just want someone in front of them and te- to teach them there's like a lot of students like that those are like the kids that like I think of and I'm like wow like that used to be me like I would I want to teach them like I really want to show them I mean yeah I I would teach there I would that's good yeah so do you teach now in Austin um did you teach before COVID uh yeah so last year um I taught so I was fortunate enough to work at Leander High School very good program yeah and what Um, was that like working at such a really good high school program and did you kind of make some parallels between like man I didn't have this when I was in high school <laughs> yeah Leander at Leander High School like the the program is just so like so well run like the directors have done a fantastic job with those students they really focus on like the teaching that I was experiencing at Monarch where like we have just like whole, like instilling this like uh, culture of excellence with the students and I feel like it's a really healthy relationship between them and they are all kind of this team part of this team I think that's like a big thing I've learned in being in ensemble settings like we're, we're a team here you know we make music together not on our own but on our own but together you know exactly it's serving a higher purpose and so what's the biggest takeaway for you from Leander how do you think that the directors get the kids to respond so well I think first and foremost, they provide a lot of great teaching. They, they're fantastic educators. And I feel like when you have fantastic educators like that in front of you, you really just want to like do more and like you just want more of it. And I, I feel like that's kind of the first step in really having a program like that. And I feel like they, they've been doing this so long that they really understand like, this is how kind of we have to plan the year you know, this is kind of what has to happen throughout the year. And they really set themselves up for success in that aspect. And I, I, I just, I found, you know, being a drum corps, I found a lot of parallels of like, they follow the same kind of like rehearsal scheme throughout the year. So. So would you say that like, if we were to narrow it down to tangible things that students are responding to, it's the planning maybe? organization what other what are some other things that make I just fantastic I just feel like it's just so defined and like there's a there's kind of like a plan in place for everything you know in rehearsals if the directors are addressing a section you know you know the sections raise their hands that's so they that's so the directors know that they're like paying attention and you know we they students have to show up on time this is what we're gonna they, they have like a whole schedule set out they're just like really detailed in the little things, they're just really organized in that sense. I feel like just really attributes to like the whole process um, of trying to get that together. Nice, yeah, that and that's really good. It's good to see that there's directors like that, and it's awesome to see them in action. You know, you learn so much, like as a, you know, as a percussion tech or you know, working with like a a school's band in any capacity. That kind of leadership, I think, is really good and. It's good when directors can get their band involved and make their students feel like it's a it's a community. I think that's the yeah. most important thing that we can impart on students leaving high school and you know who maybe want to go into college is that 
hey, you're doing this music thing. The core of it is that it is human expression. It's a place for belonging and, and inclusion. And it's not a, a vehicle to make people feel left out. This exactly. is a really beautiful thing that we as people do is make music. And the goal is to share it and to make everybody feel welcome. So I think that's good that, you know, you got to see a program that was kind of like that. They're a really good band too. You know, they've, have they gone to state? They've, they've gone to like state and done uh, pretty well. Yeah. You know, they, they're like a, a consistent state marching band, a finalist. They, we went to Grand Nationals last year. It happened at the same time as PASIC, so I got to oh, see Oh, yeah, we, we, we hung out at PASIC. That, that was a fun thing because, like, kind of everyone was in town. And... Oh, man, pa- last PASIC was so fun, dude. And so I'm kind of wondering now, what would, what would you tell a little 18-year-old Joe? Ooh, um, I think what I would tell him is don't be afraid to try – new things or get out of your comfort zone don't be scared to ask for help and really really organize what is important for you in your life and if music is really one of those truly one of those things that is so that is tied to your soul like really really try to learn everything that you can about it anything in terms of music like different genres of music different ensembles like different world music especially world music and i feel like i need to do that even now like like listen to more outside influence music um and just really like see what see what like a lot of great musicians do and try to maybe incorporate that into your life i think that's kind of what i would tell myself and throughout the journey know that you know it's a it's a real grind right like the like practicing and school and but just really take take those moments to appreciate the journey and that i always feel like grateful for what i have and the teachers that i've had and the experiences that I've had and to never, and you know, I get some frustrated. I used to get frustrated sometimes about like not being like prepared enough or had resources that other people had, but like, you just got to do is what you have. And that's, that's kind of how it is. You, you figure it out. That's awesome advice. You know, younger students, especially, just listen to music. You know, I wish that that was something that I would have done more in undergrad was just listen more, you know, like I had the music that I was listening to, but just to branch out to more because you see these virtuosos in different fields doing things and just that kind of stuff rubs off on you, you know, that kind of passion and love for music making. I think also another thing is uh, surrounding yourself with people that love to make music because we can both agree when you're like you get placed in like a really good ensemble with like really awesome people shit just happens man it just goes like it's you get in the car and you're going with them and it's beautiful i think and i gotta remember playing uh the ut went ensemble for the first time Ooh. those performances like they they're they're really like special to me and Playing in the symphony orchestra. Last year, we, we played a symphony fantastique. 
Yes, I saw that performance. It was great. Symphony 2, um, we had Carl St. Clair come in and conduct, and, like, that was amazing, dude. Like, wow. Like, yeah. Fun. It was so much fun to be in. One of my favorite wind ensemble stories with Junkin was one time we we came and we were playing Prelude Fugue and Riffs, the Bernstein piece, which is a really cool little piece. We were playing it with uh, Anthony McGill. Okay. And it was the first reading and it has this really tough, just tricky, like pitfalls everywhere prelude for the brass, right? It's a, it's a prelude for the brass and then a fugue for the saxes and then riffs for everyone. I think is, is what that one is called. You know, the brass that comes in and plays this prelude and they get maybe like two measures in and we can all tell like, and they know too that like, it's just not happening right now. It's like this seven, eight mixed meter, like thing. Junkin's ready to conduct it. He gets up there and he's like, all right. And he conduct, you know how he, how he starts things off. It's just so intense. You think that it's like a bullet's going to fly out of his hands, but he gets about a measure or two in and he's going. And then slowly he just looks up and then he stops and he says, all right, all right. Just because this is a first rehearsal doesn't mean that it's going to be bad here. First rehearsals are not readings. And then he's like, we're putting this away. And Wednesday, when we do this again, it's going to be better. And then that was it. That was it. He didn't look at us or anything. I just always thought that Junkin's commitment to excellence right from the start was always so like empowering. And it made you want to be better. It made you feel like when you walked into Win Ensemble, you knew your part. Like you could play it a, 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 that day at a concert. You could play your part. Uh, you know, at any point, somebody could wake you up at three in the morning and you're like, I can play this part because you wanted to just get to the music making. Right. And I see a lot of parallels of that and my time at Monarch with Andy Filipiak and, and at Boston as well. But like, just like the highest, highest level of excellence, like, like, in, like they're, they're, his thing was always like, you know, in a Monarch, you know, this is a world-class indoor ensemble. And here, this is how we operate. So, and, you know, and you want to be a part of the group, you kind of have to do what, what, the, what, what you have to do for this group. So, And so, yeah, you know, I just want to say thanks so much, Joe, for coming on the show and talking. And it was yeah. really great to hear your experiences. I love that you have had such a positive take on what is a rocky start with music but you've taken that experience and you've done nothing but grow from it i have the most utmost respect for that yeah, yeah good luck yeah. with your the rest of your finals yeah i hope we can yeah. talk soon man good luck to you too all right and dude I'll... well you take care yeah for sure thank you